let's finish it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win. Yeah, LABB, who we running with? Yeah, two, two, three, three. I'm on ten again. Yeah, state your name. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. We just got off of the field, and we did miss our upload time, but I don't know if Dave knows this, but I actually sent out a message inside of our podcast, which I have deleted right now to let people know that this is an episode that's going to be uploaded tonight. Was that what you were doing when we were sitting outside before the game outside that field? Yes. When you were strategizing and making sure that every X and every O was perfectly aligned. Uh, it wasn't evidently good enough. We lost. so. And I was giving a message <laughs> into our podcast listeners. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Today, guys, we are going to be talking about stepping on the gas and not letting go. And it feels kind of odd because we just got our stuff kicked in today uh, by a really good, powerful organization out of Wisconsin. Um, I have a lot of respect for these guys, but um, it is what it is. It's baseball. You, It's another day, another dollar. You always have to head back out there. And I mean, even the pros, they I remember one time I was at a game at the Cardinals and was against the Diamondbacks. Goldschmidt was on the team and the Diamondbacks literally, and the Cardinals are really good this year. They got their stuff kicked in. It was like 16 to two. And then the next day they ended up coming out and beating the crap out of the Diamondbacks. So, I mean, it's baseball. You never know what you're going to get. Only thing you can do is uh, flush it and try and learn from it. You know, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, so Dave has some notes. I don't have any notes. So I'm literally trying to read his screen across and let everyone know we, we are in a holiday in express <laughs> do i get to say that phrase well i stayed at a holiday in express last night <laughs> so we are staying at a holiday in express it's lovely we got green green walls and white white backgrounds and a lot of great woodwork um but i want you to dive into this first and then i will come in on the backside and talk a little bit well i've kind of so it, it again, it's a storyline that me and you have talked about over the years, and we, we hear it on some of the podcasts we listen to, and it's something that obviously I've been I've had happen to myself. I've seen it happen to people I've worked with, and I certainly have seen it happen to players that I have coached. And it's the notion that once you you're working for something, okay, whether that's your job, whether that's your game, whatever it is, you're working for something, a relationship, okay? And you're just working your tail off so hard to get to a certain goal, right? And you start stacking these goals and things start to kind of be going your way, right? And we've all been there. And then all of a sudden we start to get a little comfortable. And maybe we put on the brakes a little bit because we just assume that wins are going to continue to come. That it's just always now it's just like this is this is my life, right? This is, you know, now I got this nice job or I'm I got this scholarship offer or whatever, man, I've kind of made it, right? And that is the exact wrong thing you should be doing at that moment. And I've heard some of the best professionals uh, in the game, professionals in business, and they will tell you over and over and over again that at that very point, 
when you start stacking win after win after win is when, like you say it all the time, Spike, that's when you need to double down. That's when you need to get on that gas pedal and absolutely go forward and take on more responsibility and put more on yourself because you're, you've got momentum, right? You've got all this momentum working for you. And I, I unfortunately, I see it too often where people just think, hey, now it's just going to come easy. Well, we were talking about that on the ride up to well, guys were in Kansas City right now to kind of give a good reference point. Uh, but we were driving to Kansas City and I, we were talking about Facebook advertising because we do Facebook advertising. Um, if you are a small business owner, if you're not doing Facebook advertising, you need to. It is phenomenal. Um, but we were talking about it, like we need to double in. We need to put all our chips into that because it is a wave that is going really well and we're communicating at a very high level and we're finding people that are like-minded like us that want to change this world that we live in which sometimes baseball club baseball has a bad notion to it and we're starting to find people that have the same belief systems Mm -hmm. that we do and i'm saying like yeah let's black chips all in i'm in here's my hand just literally show everybody this is what we're doing and seeing what happens because the last thing I want to do is like, Oh yeah, we got, we found some people. We have some, we have some really good guys. They're, they're, they're doing it and we're just going to ride this thing out until see what happens. That's the worst thing that you could possibly do. You know what? I, I, you know what I think people end up doing is they get too comfortable. They get too like, I don't want to use the word cocky, but they get very, um, I don't think it's a level of cockiness. Maybe a level of arrogance. Uh, I think it's comfortability, like you're saying. Like, if I'm comfortable, there's a point, there's a threshold, and I think it, I think it deals with income. You hear a lot of business, uh, high-end business guys that talk about this. There's a threshold where they end up getting to a point, and then they reach their goal, and then they just relax. Where instead of making another audacious goal on top of that and keep on going. That's why I think I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk guy. I think he says, I'm going to own the Jets because that's such an audacious goal that he has to keep going. I think he knows himself that if I reach this goal, I'm going to be relaxed. And when you hear that, it makes more it makes more sense where. People are like, why did he even say that? That's like an almost impossible to get to be the owner of the Jets. I totally get it because as an athlete, that happens where you end up popping off 20 doubles or or 24 doubles in a season. And then the next season, you end up going cold because you're, you're like, oh, I, I've arrived. I've made it. You see that with D1 athletes. Yeah. Guys that end up making that commitment to that D1 school, and then they get to the clubhouse, and then they're like, oh, I arrived. I'm here. Well, personally, I kind of see it beforehand. You know, I see it all the time, and if you want to go down the high school player route, we can. You see it all the time with guys because they're on that grind for that scholarship. They're on that grind for that opportunity, and they're working so hard day in, day out throughout the whole year and going to all these showcase events, doing everything they can to put their name out there, and networking, and then all of a sudden they get that offer, they accept it, they commit, and then what happens? They kind of just, no, I'm committed, right? I'm kind of done. Like, I guess I'll just kind of like, I'm gonna get there, and then I'm gonna get to play, and then everything's gonna be great, right? 
And I think you see that all the time with guys. Whereas right when you put that ink on paper and you sign that national letter of intent to that university, that is when you should, again, like we said, double down. Because if you don't, what do you think you're going to do? Walk in there and just all of a sudden compete? And Well, that's the difference between a competitor and a non-competitor. And I remember like this, it was yesterday. I was driving... I was driving one of my teammates who was an, another junior college transfer. This is my junior year. We were going by um, Hammond's field house or the, the arena. I think it's HQ or, or whatever. Anyways, we were driving by the arena and he looks at these fraternity guys who were walking down the street and he's like, man, I'm, I'm really jealous about those guys. And I, I didn't say anything. And I just kept on thinking, what are you talking about? And he just kept on saying, like, man, I'm really jealous. They they get to party. They get to do this. They get to do that. And then I'm thinking to myself, maybe this guy thinks it's a letdown. He's gotten to this point where he's at a major university. He thinks that, oh, I've arrived at this university. Now I can party. I can hang out. I can do the studying. I don't have to work as hard. But in reality, those fraternity guys are looking at us, and they're like, man, that has to be the life. They get everything. Oh, yeah. They, everyone knows <clears throat> who those people are. And it was just, it was one of those double-edged swords or um, what do they, what do they call that? Parallel universes where one guy's thinking I want to be like him and the other guy's thinking I want to be like him. In reality, you're both in great spots because you're doing something that you love. And I, I don't know, it's just a weird thing. And I think some people get let down and realizing you've just gotten to the division one level. You are at the base of Mount Everest now. You're not, you're not at the peak of Mount Everest. You're at the base. You've well, gotten to the mountain. Well, that, that I think goes into, I don't think people do a really good job of then reassessing and starting new goals. I think people are very good at having a goal in mind, okay? And, you know, for whatever it is, getting that scholarship or hitting that peak in your business or earning that amount of money that you've always wanted to. And then once you get there, people are not good at then going, well, what's my next step? Mm-hmm. What's the next thing am I going to do? Mm-hmm. You know what? Now I'm making X amount of money and I'm this comfortable in life and I'm doing these things and I have this. Do I want more? Or with my game, I'm now getting scholarship offers. I've decided on this university. Now do I want to work even harder so that I make sure that I compete and play at that university? And it just becomes, or even just starting off in a job. Now I got this job offer. I've taken this job and now... Do I just be like, oh, hey, I'm here on Monday morning, the first day. What do you want me to do? Or am I the guy who's just going to now make that next goal of now I want to progress in my job. Now I want to get there. And that, that, my friend, is a – I don't think that's – that is not an innate ability that people just have. I think you have to day in, day out talk to yourself about that. It's being greedy. And in this point and, – and Dave just gave me yeah. a look. Yeah, I did. I don't know if he's going to agree with me. I shook you. I want to hear your point. Go ahead. It's being greedy to a point where someone could say to you, you made it. Relax. You're, you've made it. You're fine. You don't need, you don't need more. You, you've got You're on the team. You're going to get your innings. You're going to have some fun or the business. You've made your money. You've done your stuff. You've done your job. Why don't you just go on a beach Go to Culebre, 
Real, into relax, Port- dude. Fly, right? in, fly into Puerto Rico. Go to Culebra. See those flamingos. Hang out on the white sand. There's a nice. There's a nice old boat onto the side. Take your Instagram photo and just enjoy it. Have fun. Snorkel a little bit. Why don't you? You hear it from friends and family, especially whenever you have some success. You yeah. hear it you're, all the you're time. You're being too greedy. You're, well, be, you're being way too greedy. Stop it, Dave. Does that to- kind of like tie into like life's ideas? Like, okay, you've reached this. You've got your white picket fence. You've done this. You've done X amount of things. And hey, now if, stop. That's your, if that's your limit, that's your limit. I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally fine with that. But don't put that stuff back on me. Don't put your limit on me. That's that's where I get kind of issued with it. Mm-hmm. Where if you want to have your white picket fence and drive your Chevy and have a have a dog named Sylvester or whatever, I'm totally cool with it. I just right for me, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I I want to be the person that is just outworking. That's just my nature. I want to outwork you. I want to I want to win. I'm a big competitor. That's why I love this world that we're in because I get the kickoff of baseball, which is something I've grown up with. I love the sport dearly. And then I'm in this business type of world where I'm trying to figure out how can I provide the best product or service for the customer? How can I make it so much where I can be accessible to them and make sure that they have a really good experience? Well, then ultimately you're trying to build a business too that can handle that, that can continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and not just get to a point where you're like satisfied, I guess would be the word. Mm-hmm. And that, again, I I think, you know, it, it's a lot of outside influences that make people get, because I, I would use the term complacent. I think the term complacent is the one that I would use most in this situation where it's hard, man. But again, uh, well, each person's different, well, though. That's but, the thing. But I'll, the t- thing. I'll tell you this. It is not easy to do that day in, day out, continue to win, continue to win, do it over and over and over. I'll because, tell you that. Well, we and we've had that issue with the Tigers just inside. Do you remember? Do you remember this? I don't know if you remember this. I remember it like it was like yesterday. It was my second year into the Tigers. OK, we're sitting in the office. It's me, you. Aaron, Shannon, and we're sitting there, and this is before regional. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the program, and Jaws, and Jaws is like, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. I think this is. I think we're in a really good spot. I think we're just, we're good. I don't know if you remember this, but me and you looked at each other, and we're like, what? Then that's when we started talking. And we ended up starting to formulate the regional program. I don't, do you remember that day at all? Vaguely. I can, I can see that happening, like how we would react, but vaguely. Yeah. And we ended up having this conversation. That's when everything started shifting because we, we were highly successful in the St. Louis area. We had a lot of teams. We had a lot of happy people. We had a lot of players going to Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. We started placing players really well, and we started mastering that type, that that part of the club. And Aaron's like, "This has been a successful year. I'm happy. I think we just do the same thing next year." And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, "Yeah, we did, but there has to be more, right? There has to be something else." Because I. I can't we just can we do more? I think you can always do more. And I think that's the and, point. And th- and this is the thing we've we 
as an organization, Aaron, Aaron caught himself. And that's when he started formulating the regional program. He's like, if we can do this here, can we do it other places? Mm -hmm. And then that's when we started moving in that direction. So I think it's okay to where you end up being, you have that little slip up, but you have to have troops around you that end up saying, this is not it. We got more to do. It's true. You have to, I mean, that is a hundred percent true because if you're, if you're surrounded by people who are just happy with where they're at, I think that's just ultimately where you're going to end up being. I think you're going to be in that lifestyle forever and you're never going to get out of it. If you have those people around you that are like, dude, wait a second. Yeah, dude, I'm going to celebrate this for like 24 hours, 48 hours. I, I, I am damn proud of what we've accomplished. And that's great. And you should 100% celebrate those small wins as they come along because you put in X amount of work for that. But once that small win's over, dude, you got to refocus and find that new goal. And that goes back to my point that we were talking about prior. Too many times we had that one goal in mind or two goals or that short-term, middle-term, and we accomplished that. And then we were left wondering, well, what now? And this is the great thing about Aaron is that he is one of those guys that's willing to just like, he's like, you know what? I was wrong. I'm going to, we're going to do this instead. I remember when he came out with the 300 number. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. He comes into the office and he goes, guys, we're going to get 300 teams in November. And you looked at me and you're like, what, what did he say? So it was just a complete shift, but he was right. It was that lofty goal of, we have to go after this thing. And how are we going to get after this thing? It's not the number that's the big thing. It's serving those 300 people at a quality level, the 300 teams. Yeah. I mean, add another 12 to that number mm -hmm. times 12. Can we satisfy that amount of people at what we do? And then that led into a whole nother series of questions and concerns and talks and which made how to it, which processes ma and which made it even better, which was great because yeah. it, it forced us to grow. It forced us to do something. Now we got to achieve that next goal. And it's not just getting, you know, I know that that is not what our program's about is just getting to a certain number no, and gaining qu mass quantity. That is not what this is about because what we want to be able to do is one, we're looking to change club baseball for the better for the future and the way that we go about it. And two, we want to be able to serve them day in, day out in so many different assets and avenues of this game. So what that goal from Aaron, what that did for us was start all these cool conversations that we were never having because it opened up different windows. It opened up different things. And now you're back on that hunt. You're back on that grind day in, day out doing that. And now... I firmly believe at some point we're going to get to those numbers and we're going to do what we, we said we were going to do in terms of service and to our customers and make sure that we're having a great time doing it and make sure they're enjoying their time with us and feeling satisfied and feeling like they're getting a ton of value out of it. And then at that point, I sure as heck hope that we have another goal that we're going to set. Well, in its experience, it's being able to supply the same experience that a kid in St. Louis has with the Tigers brand and trying to duplicate that. And that is a very lofty goal. That's very hard. Think about all the things that, ha that go into play. Mm -hmm. That's why I think Disney, Disney is probably one of the best, not probably, it is one of the best brands 
in the whole entire world just because they're able to duplicate the experience that a person has in a park as well as in their movies. Well, and just and just think about this because you brought that up. That's a this is a cool point, okay? And I'll give you the example of Disney. What what Disney? Correct me if I'm wrong. Started as a what did they start? At? Was it a movie company or a theme park company? Walt Disney started as a cartoonist. A cartoonist. And funny thing about this, Dave, is that we are in the hometown of Walt Disney. KC. Well, he is from KC, but it's like a small town near St. Joe. Okay. So he started as a cartoonist. What came next? He ended up starting his own production company. Okay, so he got into movies. It was right? a media company, basically. Media company. Okay. And now, presumably, and I don't know the whole backstory to this, but presumably, you know, they they became pretty successful at that. Okay. Yes. Right. Went over a lot over, of, over lot time, of, ups and downs, yeah, trials and, and tribulations. Down. He was he he had some had some bankruptcy scares. Sure. But worked his tail off through that time. Evidently, was on the grind, working hard every day to, to make that production company, that media company, successful. Parlayed that off into theme parks. Now, again, could have stopped after those theme parks became wildly successful. Could well, have just he, rested he actually, on the laurels. He actually passed away before. Well, I'm talking about the company. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, his he had such a lofty goal. And this is the whole point, is that he had a goal of having the most perfect place for a child to go. Like yeah. that was, he wanted to, everyone to experience his movies in real life. And he did it with the Disney world, not Disney world, Disneyland in Disneyland. LA uh-huh. ran out of real estate and then started slowly buying up real estate in Florida mm-hmm. and then started building. And then he passed away before they actually cut the ribbon. Well, and then again, so as a company, then Disney, Again, presumably they're running a very successful business mm-hmm. in both Disneyland and Disney World. Yes. And now and what, they'll have multiple and different locations throughout the world. Sure. And then what do they do? They start do they buying. stop? No, because the not the current CEO. He just I think he just uh, stepped down, but he ended up buying the Star Wars and franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pretty and, successful. And he started buying up Fox. Added another leg to his business, right? Yes. ESPN. Do they own ESPN? Yeah. They're doing streaming services, Disney Plus, right? And I'm sure I'm missing a ton of things, but I wanted to make a point here was that every time they hit a current level of new success, you didn't see them stop. And that's okay. It, it would have been fine if that would have been their choice. They would have been like, hey, you know what? We are totally cool with just being the best theme parks in the world, and that's all we're going to ever do. However, that business didn't choose to. And I'm going to use that as an example going forward for someone who wants to continue to go, go, go and build those successes and build something more than what they're already currently doing. There's your there's your stepladder. Disney as a company, and there's so many other examples out there, have just never, ever stopped. Right. They just now, once that one goal is achieved, now we got to find a next goal and a next goal and a next goal. And we're going to keep winning and winning and winning. And I think that's a great example for a player to take. Okay, I've got the uh, the scholarship offer. I've got to college. Now i got to figure out how to play. Now, I gotta, now I'm playing. Now i got to figure out how I, I can be the best dude on the team. Now i figured out how I'm the best dude on the team and helping my team win. Now i got to win a national championship. Now I've won a national championship. How can I get into professional baseball? Now I'm in professional baseball, and i got to climb those ranks again. And you can do the same thing in the business world, and you can do the same thing in a life relationship. It is the exact same thing, and it starts with a mindset. 
that every time I stack those wins, I'm going to celebrate it 100%, and that's a great thing. But then I got to keep finding that new next thing. I wonder if players get in, get trapped to being comfortable with their talents where they go. You're, you're always told like, okay, you have this talent you need to keep going towards that talent. So if you're a good baseball player, you just keep on being a good baseball player. If you run really fast, you keep running fast and inside the game, there's different types of skill sets that you're really good at. Like I have a really strong arm and they just keep on relying on that. And they don't think about the different weaknesses that they have. I've been quoted to say that you go towards your strengths, which is a hundred percent. You need to go towards your strengths, but also you need to identify those, those little weakness areas inside your game. Like if it's recruiting and you're really good at developing your skills, which is very hard to do, but you are not very good at marketing. You need to figure out the marketing side because that's how you're going to get into division one baseball Mm -hmm. or whatever baseball you want to play. And with even division one players, a lot of them don't realize that they are at a premium and your years are very short where you can market yourself still to professional scouts. Maybe we need to get more, more in depth with the marketing side. I I think that a lot of players are really focused in on one or two aspects. Like we say this all the time, showcase kids, there's the showcase kid. And then there's, there's the guy that plays really well on the field. Well, if I play well on the field, I need to figure out my showcase skills. If I'm a showcase player, I need to figure out how to be a better in-game player. Mm -hmm. That's where I think that players are struggling with is that you don't have someone that comes out and says, what are your weaknesses? What are you not good at? Are you not good at showcases? Like I hear this all the time. Well, he's Jimmy's not good at running this, just running the 60 or Jimmy's not really good at showcasing his skills. He's a gamer. That's a problem. That's a problem. That is a problem. Or even the kid that has the, the game, like, man, coach, you need to see him in a tryout. He's really good in a tryout. Well, I don't care because we're playing a game right now. How do we win? Mm-hmm. Where if I'm doing a showcase and Jimmy's struggling at showing his skills, I want you to win. How are you going to get your 60 better? How are you going to have a better BP? You have four pitches that you need to hit in batting practice. You only get four. How how are you going to hit those four pitches out? It goes back to comfortability, in my opinion. Again, it's it, it's the same concept, same talk that we're having over and over. It's not easy to talk about your weaknesses, dude. No, it's not. I mean, and, there's, and more people, that, there's weaknesses people, I have. Like, people don't talk about it, too. People don't bring that up to you. They don't say that. That is what are true. You, what are I, your wish, friends? I wish people would come up to me and like it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not easy because you don't want to piss off somebody. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm at a certain level and I've known you for, you know, eight, nine years now that I feel like I can do that. But if I knew you for one year, it's really tough for me to just be like, hey, Spike, you kind of suck at this and you need to get a little better. <laughs> OK, but then it's, it's, it's both, though. It's like you have to give them the positivity like, well, you're going to shot. You're going to hurt his confidence. Yeah, but then that's when you build it back up. That's when you have to go in there and be like, you know what, Dave? You're really good at this. And being genuine about yeah. it. You do this, this, this right. But social media, you suck. Yep. Like that that's the conversation that needs to happen. Like if there if there's a problem with me on communication where like if I have a problem like Spiker, your one to one communication isn't isn't quick enough. You need to be a lot quicker. I would totally get it. I'd be mad at the time. Be like, I'd be frustrated at myself. It wouldn't be at you. It might seem like I'm mad at you, but if not, I'm actually appreciative of it. 
And I got I to gotta recollect my thoughts and figure out, okay, how do I get better with my one-to-one communication? Here, here's the thing, email. I Right now, I'm, I struggle with email. And the reason I struggle with email is because I'm so project-based. I'm based into Photoshop, Premiere. These are creative apps mm-hmm. that I use. And I have to get this project done. If I don't get it done, things kind of fall to the wayside. And it, it's hard to have that balancing act between communication and projects. That's why the cre- I feel like creativity space is very hard because you have, you have to switch your mindsets constantly from customer service or um, management to, all right, I got to create this badass looking photo. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where I, that's where I think that a lot of people are struggling with is those being able to have those hard conversations, the weaknesses, because it's 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 one of those things that people don't want to hear. So if you tie this all back in to the original topic, which I think you can. <clears throat> I think when talking about. You know, whatever whatever we detail it as is being comfortable or, or just being complacent with winning or this, the win that you had, okay? And then you kind of talk about the next goals and maybe you, you tie in how that person can then change or pivot and do something that maybe they're not as strong as to create an overall better picture. I think that all of that comes back to that team that you have around yourself, okay, that you surround yourself on a daily basis with um, and making sure that you have those people that are not only willing to not let you rest on your laurels, but also having those people around you that are going to talk about your weaknesses and help you create more strengths. Well, how do you here? Let's get more practical with it. If you are a person that really is inspiring to like make yourself like the best human you possibly can, Mm -hmm. how would you go about surrounding yourself with people that are able to give you the, the skinny and not, and, and, and also being able to build you up at the same time. How do you, how do you do that? Um, I think there's a few different ways and I'll just use my own playbook on this one. I think one, I need to surround myself with people who have been in places that I want to already. Okay. That have been there before done that have learned the ropes because then I can learn, right? I can keep my ears open. I can always listen. I can always be there. Maybe that's a coach in an example from a player, right? Or a guy who's been in business for years and years and years and you're wanting to get in that. Two, I want to surround myself with people who are going to challenge me. I don't want to surround myself with people who are just going to be like, hey, Dave, great job every day. You're awesome. You're doing fantastic. You're the best human ever. I want people who are going to challenge me. I want people to critique me a little bit. I want people to be like, hey, you did this like 90% of the way great. Here's another like five things that I think can take this project over the top. Okay. And then I want to make sure I surround myself with, this is my third type of person that I want is I want to surround myself with the person that is always in that growth mentality, that growth mindset. Okay. Because I, I'm a person that, you know, we've talked on, on many occasions that I want, I never want to feel like we're just stopping that we're just here flatlining per se. I want to always feel like we are making that next step forward, that next step forward, that next step forward. And I want other people around me like that. I cannot stand. It is a major pet peeve of mine when I'm around people or players that are okay with the current status quo. 
Okay, it is not is not to say that you can't be okay with where you're at in terms of like your success. That's fine. Be proud of what you've done. Be proud of where you're at, but also understand that I want to keep going. I don't want to stop, and I don't want to be around people that are just going to a just sit back and be like, you know what, we've done a great job, and this is probably where we're just going to take it, and I'm okay with it. It's not my mentality. How long does it take you to build that inner circle? Uh, trial and error. But I mean, how long? How how long? Um, for me, it's taken. I mean, I'll just use our business context. I'm in tenth to eleventh year in business with the Tigers, and I still think we're always evolving and growing with that. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand. I don't think there's a certain set number to that. I just think that you're always going to be looking to. You know, let's say you're let's say you're growing a business. Well, you're going to bring in new employees, so you're going to look for those qualities, right? You're going to look for those people around you. Like when we make calls um, to regional p- potential regional teams who would like to join the Tigers, a phrase I use all the time is like-minded. And when I'm having those conversations with guys, I ask some of those questions. Mm-hmm. I talk to them about that. I talk to them about our core values and what we look for in guys, and I want to see some alignment. Because then I know we can grow together. If, if off the bat we're not compatible in that nature, it's probably not going to end up being a good fit regardless. Mm-hmm. So we always look for that. So I don't know if there's a current or a set amount of time to that spike. I think that in some cases it can happen like that and you can gel really quickly. In some cases it's going to take trial and error. Yeah, I think I think from a standpoint, it's like we were talking about it all the way up here. There when you're growing and you're trying to figure out what the next step is, like you're going to have, you're going to make the mistake. You're going to have those people that end up falling through the cracks, but at the same time it's working with them and giving them opportunities. And then if they, if they don't show those opportunities, then it's, it's more of, Hey, I don't, I just don't think this is cut out for you. And, and parting ways, no ill will just sure. make sure that, Hey, what? I, I don't think this is for you. You know what I'm saying? I think also from an inner circle standpoint, you can do the same thing. You can always audit your inner circle and say, you know what? I, and, and people grow. People grow out of and in to mm-hmm. inner circles. I mean, thinking about high school, I don't, I talked to maybe one dude from high school. Yeah. And that's like once every year. Yep. College guys, probably once every three months. But then, the inner circle that I have right now, it's in that growth type of mindset. It's Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bouncing ideas off of, um, the people that I, that I have around me. I'm also looking at people on YouTube, like people that I would love to meet at some point and try to figure out what makes them work. What makes them tick? How did they, how did they become the deal? How did they become the thing? Because that's where I want to be. That example right there is something that I hope people, take and look at over and over and over and you can look at any different context of life the guys the girls the people the businesses whoever it is that just again this is a part of this show this is like the fabric of this show what we do on this podcast and why we're doing this and talking is giving a playbook to how to continue to create that winning lifestyle right so take notes on what these people do Mm -hmm. the 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 people who are at the top of their profession in any industry, they're they're just always continuously stacking wins. And what I and what and I growing. love about and what I love about those people that are up top, they they say the same thing. I know this, 
but I don't know everything. And when you ha- when you see those people, that that's where you want to gravitate towards them because they're going to give you the honest thing. Like, hey, this is what worked for me. It could work for you. It could. Might not. It might not. But at least try it. Yep. That's that. That's what I think. That's what's super attractive to of Andy Frisella because he's real about it. Mm-hmm. Where we've talked about other guys that we we listen to and you're like, yeah, it's real, but it's not real. Like, he, is he just saying it for the camera? Yeah. Is he saying it because he thinks that's what you want to hear, or is he saying it because he's actually been down this path? Yeah, and, and that's, why, that's why I think Andy's so attractive because he's like, you know what, this worked and this didn't work. It might might work for you. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, all right. We are at the 36-minute mark. Let's have our closing pitches in. All right. Mine would be – I'll go back to this is something that I had to acquire in myself, okay? And it, it, was, it was very important because I think that everybody gets caught up in this trap that the minute you start to have some success in life, and it's no matter what you do, maybe you could be the best player on your team in Little League – or maybe you're now starting to, you just graduated college, you got this great job, all your friends and family around you are telling you, yay you, you're doing a great job, you are on the path. And that is the moment where you better figure out how to put that thing into hyperdrive and switch gears a little bit because don't just rest on that, that that path is always gonna be straight and that that path is always gonna lead upward because a lot of people make that mistake. And it's a mindset mentality in terms of that I'm going to celebrate each and every win that I have coming along. Like, I love those ups, man. When I get, you know, whenever we have some success here, um, I celebrate it. When we get a kid to college, I celebrate it. Whenever we have something awesome happen in business, I celebrate it. But then it is so important that once you're done with that celebration, to then refocus on the new, the next, whatever is a, the next hurdle in front of you. Because if you continue, I'm, I believe this, that it's, it's not E equals MC squared in terms of how to find success. It is literally goal, succeed, goal, succeed for the rest of your life. Keep building wins. Keep building those you know goals. And again, I, I just firmly believe, and I had this talk with our players the other day, you you are in control of that. No one else. But it has to be you. It can't be anybody else pushing you. You hear this in the baseball world a lot. Uh, oh, he peaked when he was 12U. Or he peaked when he was a, he was a typical, peaked at 14U, was throwing a lot, and then just got abused, and the coach ran him, ran him in the ground. I don't like that when someone says that because the player could have easily gotten out of that situation and found a way to make him even better. Um, yeah, maybe he got abused where he threw too much. and But at the same time, there's always a way to get yourself better. There's always a way to figure out how to become or reinvent yourself and get to the place that you want to get to. The person that I follow um, on the econ side, if you want to follow him, I, I thoroughly enjoy his work. Uh, he's just recently started putting out a lot of a lot of information. It's Ray Dalio, who is um, in the financial sector. And he has this really cool chart and talks about the life cycle of the economy. 
it goes into more of a loop. So you rise up and then you fall, there's a correction, then you rise back up and then you go. What's interesting about that is he makes the one-to-one comparison with how you grow as a person. It's the same thing. You end up growing and then all of a sudden you have this situation where you have, you, you fall or you make a correction, you make a mistake, you fail, and then you end up making this outer loop where you could either keep on declining down and keep falling down to zero or you make the correction and then you start making this loop back up and you become even stronger over time. That's the thing that a lot of people or I just think in the world, if they follow that same mindset, like if they fall and they're like, oh man, this is it. I'm done. There's no way I'm getting out of this. That's where you just have this downward spiral of just failure. You see it in baseball all the mm-hmm. time when a player is like 0 for 2 and then gets a third out and is 0 for 3 and then he ends up having this downward spiral where it's a slump. Like Matt James was, was on first base and we were talking about it and he was like, man, I just want to get a hit because I'm slumping. I was like, no, don't talk about the slump. Just know like, hey, you failed this time, but like you just made two great at bats. You now got to walk. You're on base. You're finding a way to get the team to win. Mm-hmm. You're not in a slump. You've gotten yourself out of the slump. Now you're on this growth mindset. You're on this growth path and you're going to start making this upward trend. You got to believe that. Where if he doesn't believe that, where does it go? keeps having this downward spiral and you're like, man, I can't figure out how to get out of it. That's the beauty of, that's why I think baseball is such a great game because it teaches you about that growth type of mindset in an indirect way when you don't even realize it. That's my closing pitch. I like it. <laughs> don't sound well, so depressed a well, on it. A Good well-winded gosh. closing pitch. <laughs> All right, guys, if you are a new listener, this is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. My name is Spiker Helms. To, uh, the person in front of me is David Berkby. Please give us a subscribe. If you are a repeat listener, please, if there's something in this episode where you're just like, hell to the yeah, this is freaking awesome, send it to your friend Ben or Sally and give us a little bit of a plug in there because... Again, that's what we want to do. We want to help people. Um, again, this is just how we view the world and how we see see things going. Um, if you have a closing pitch, feel free to use the Anchor app. There's a link in the show notes where you can actually click the link and then plug in your own audio and tell us what your closing pitch is. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Until next time, see ya. See you guys. Thank you for watching or listening or both to The Closing Pitch. If you would like to get your closing pitch featured on the show, we use a podcasting app called Anchor where you can submit your statement or question via audio. Or what you can do is comment in the comment section of this post. We also accept direct messages. Please give us the A-OK if you do send us a DM to use your statement or question on the show. Last thing, please give us a review on your platform of choice five star preferably and we value your opinion and this allows us to reach more people thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next episode